Welcome to another episode of Life in Commune. I'm Patrick. I'm Carling. And it is officially week three of spring cleaning in Commune Yoga Studio Online, the official and always sponsor of this podcast. If you want to practice with us, just visit, of course, CommuneYogaStudio.com. And uh, your first week is free. Join the vibe. Join first the First week is always free. Always and there's free. new class drops four days a week. Four days a week. New monthly programming. Um, all that jazz. You want more of us. You want to hear from us more and the rest of the crew. You know where to find us. Be part of the vibe. And of course, you can always visit us in our studio in Seattle or in any of the workshops or teacher trainings we lead all over the world. Um, so with all that being said, in spring cleaning this week, obviously when you think about spring cleaning, you think about resets. When you think about resets, you think about starting to have better habits, better routines. But a layer to that is practical routines. Yeah. I think routines and like what we often refer to as rituals within the context of yoga and like, I just like that larger sort of wellness space. I do think that there's something that comes with that, that rituals can sound intimidating and it's because they have this deeper layer. Like it's more than just a thing you do. It's not just a brush your teeth kind of thing. But I also think that that sometimes that intimidation layer of a big word like ritual can actually stop us from just doing the little things that it takes to build that up. Like something becomes oh, a ritual. Yeah, agree. It doesn't have to start out as like a lofty goal. I'm going to create rituals. It's maybe it's a routine. It's a habit that then starts to embody deeper meaning and becomes a ritual. So I actually think it's easier to start from the other end and say, what are routines? What's the practicality that eventually might lead you into a person who has rituals? I think that's a, that is such a good point to bring up on the start of everything, because when we feel this element for something to become a ritual, there's a performance involved in a ritual, right? But to get to the moment of performance, there's a lot of steps before that. Like you don't take your first ballet class and then do a ballet recital. Mm-hmm. I would not know, but again, you know, it, it doesn't seem like you do one thing and then you do the whole thing, right? Like you don't go to one practice and then all of a sudden you have the game yes. without knowing the rules, right? You have to all of a sudden put yourself in these situations a number of different times to develop a ritual. So the nice thing about a routine is it gives you this opportunity to just start doing something and then see how it works for you, see how it lands as opposed to, okay, this is all of a sudden going to be personal religion. Yeah. Because when you're requiring something that's relatively new to you to become personal religion, it gets heavy quite quickly. Well, I think it's easy to look at it from, especially if you're starting out, like say you haven't jumped into commune online yet. Say you are someone who's, um, let's call you yoga curious, right? Mm -hmm. Or movement curious, ritual curious. I think it's easy to jump right to the lofty, like end goal to the end of the timeline and, and think of all these things that like you want to be and have in your life. But to get there, it's actually so much less about that point and instead maybe like working backwards and saying, okay, well, what would a person who had deep ritual purpose in their life, what would they do? Like what would a person who has ritualistic purpose or has a daily yoga practice or has felt this like, you know, seasonal reset, what would they do? And it's not so much like, oh, well, they would have rituals. Like, yeah, man, that's the thing. But what would they do? Well, they would probably before that have a life that has some level of um, organization, right? So that there's time for rituals. They might have a life that has some level of routine, of commitment, of discipline. Like there's layers below the thing that I think if we work backwards and just say, if I were a person who had important rituals in my life, what would I do? What does a person who is like that do and start small? That person gets up earlier. That person owns a yoga mat. Like that person, you know what I mean? Like you can't say I want to be, it's like saying I want to run a marathon. Well, okay. The first thing you have to do is just run. Mm -hmm. It's not, you have to run 26 miles. Well, it's like in order to do that, 
yeah, that person would probably have time in their life to run. Okay, well, like, let's unpack that a little bit. So I think sometimes getting to the practical stuff makes the other things feel less lofty because you're just taking the steps to become a person who has those things or like making space in your life for it rather than suddenly saying, I must like drop a bomb of all these big things in my life. And then, then it is really lofty and hard to commit to and hard to have as a real part of your life. And quite a bit overwhelming, I think. Uh, one of my favorite quotes, and I don't know who this is exactly from, um, but he said, this person said, show me a uh, show me a phenomenal athlete. I'll show you somebody with a well, an incredibly structured life. Mm, it's so you know? true. Yeah, it's like to be, to be physically impressive in all of these ways, you know, goodness, I'm losing my sentence, but uh, you have to have this level of discipline, this level of structure, this level of coordination in the way that you're doing things. And that requires such a high level of routine and focus to even get to those points. Um, and again, I was, I think I lost my sentence for a moment because I was just watching the new season of 100 Foot Wave, uh, which if you haven't watched it, visually insane. Physically insane. Give people a tiny rundown of what it is. Just 100 Foot Wave is a show on HBO about a surf group, I would say, or just a group of surfers that are big wave surfers, and they're hunting a 100 foot wave, and there happens to be the biggest waves in the world at this place called Nazare. So all these people that are very interested in this activity, they go and they surf at Nazare constantly. Um, to my knowledge of it, again, of course, I'm not very in, very versed in surfing, um, but I find their journeys to be very interesting, inspiring, and, and unique because it is such a dedication to this insane activity. You, yeah, know. yeah, yeah. There's a, I think there's a, a clinical diagnosis for someone yeah. who wants to surf a 100-foot wave. There, there's just a bit of madness involved in the process. <laughs> Truly phenomenal madness. The, 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 Look, I, I don't for, think a clinical diagnosis is always a bad or necessary yeah. thing, but I think it's a fair thing to acknowledge that when you make those choices, exactly, and there might be some other shit happening. No doubt about it. And so you're, and again, the falls. I'm like, dude, one fall, I would be out. I'm, I'm just letting you know that. Like me personally in that situation, also, you, you know, I go in the ocean all the time, but... I was laughing at myself the other day uh, when I was swimming because like I, I swim all the time. Like, I guess I didn't go underwater. I just swim on a regular basis, right? I'm still just not that good at it. You, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's just one of those things. You're like, look, I can do the thing. Like, like I'm doing this thing. Like, yes. I, I, I was uh, I was swimming underwater. Uh, it was actually, in fact, this, this time this moment is yesterday. Right? I'm swimming underwater yesterday. And I come out from underneath it and I just laughed at myself because I'm, I'm, I'm just not that good at this. <laughs> like I do this all the time and I'm just not that good at it. Yeah. And, and sure, I'm I'm very used to being in cold water now at this point. So I guess I'm good at that. Yes. You know, but, but the swimming part of, of that, it, I don't know. There, there's a plethora of room for improvement and I just don't know if I'm, I'm gifted in the aquatic way, but I very much enjoy it. I actually think, okay, not to deter too much from the 100-foot yeah. wave more, but this is a good example of a ritual and a routine, a practical thing in your life yeah. that has become ritualistic for you, but didn't start that way. So mm -hmm. for those of you who don't know, Patrick loves a cold plunge. I know that cold plunges are like very in the moment right now, but I would say you have proceeded. You're like in the hipster status of you liked them before they were cool. 
Like, I, was, I was I was early in the vibe. You're pre-Huberman in the in the cold plunge vibe. Yeah. But you always have. And for you, it was like this daily thing of uh, you wanted to do it, right? But it yeah. started small. Like cold plunges were a cold shower, or in the summer, like walking down to the dock by where we used to live in South Lake Union. Yeah. And it's not that cold, but it's colder. Yeah. And jumping in periodically or mm-hmm. after class, like it started small. As in, I like this. I feel the benefits of it, even if I don't know all like. I don't know why I like it, but I like it. Yes. And then it became this daily thing so much that you like quite literally bought a house where you could do it every single day. And now that's turned into not just cold plunge, but into swimming and goggles and underwater swimming. I tell you, you have a swim cap. I do. (laughs) I do. I want a picture to put it on, like one of the right on the top of this podcast to show everyone a cut to. I've never seen that. See, this is that's what I'm saying. This is evolved. This is more than just it's, a practical habit that was like every day I want to do 100%. this. This is a full blown ritual. But, now for but I would probably say it's been like a seven year process. That's yeah. It truly has been like a seven year process because I remember the first time I got actually really into it uh, was when I was in Greystones after teaching in Dublin one time, mm-hmm. which I don't even know if you'd been to Dublin at that point. This is how no, long ago No, when you did Greystones was. with the Happy Pair and that crew, yeah. I don't think I went the first time when you got yeah. to know them really and did a lot of the, you were because they were doing cold plunges. I remember the YouTube but videos. But they weren't doing it regularly at this time because uh-huh. I went running with them mm-hmm. and they had, we, we went and ran along the coastline. Uh, Greystones is in Ireland on the east coast of Ireland. Yeah. Um, and, uh, Stunning, very, very beautiful place. And so we ran along the coastline and then we ran back to the beach. And uh, they went to work. They went to work the shop. And I was like, I didn't have there. Listen, Greystones is like four shops, you know? Small town. It's a small town. And I didn't have anything else to do. And this is like, I'm not a morning person. This is like 7 a.m., right? So, <laughs> you know, I'm like, well, what else am I going to do? <laughs> so I went in the ocean mm-hmm. and it was, I remember it being so cold and now I probably wouldn't think it's cold at all. Right. But, uh, I remember it being so cold, um, and they were doing it on and off then, but that's how long ago this was. Mm-hmm. Um, did it feel hard at first? Again, I'm not a cold plunge yes. person, but did it feel like, how would you rate the difficulty of starting that routine from the beginning of it being like the first times you did it to how it feels now? It's incredibly hard to start because, yeah. uh, you just have to learn to calm your body and your mind in that situation and understand that you are okay. Mm-hmm. And it's not a place that you are used to being okay. And there's also a, one of the interesting things about the mindset for it is there's kind of a sport component to it. If you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you have to lock in a little bit to do it. And I think that's one of the things that I really enjoy about it because no matter what, every day, the first, until I get my waist in the water, I'm not hyped, you know, and I do it all the time. I'm not hyped and I've gotten way more comfortable with it, right? Like from now to a year ago, I'm, it's, it's a breeze, right? Like it's so much more a breeze now than it, than it was a year ago. But even still, like some days I get in there, I'm like, man, (laughs) It's Am I doing this today? <laughs> it's cold, fam. Um, and so, and even Harvey now knows the days she looks at the tide. It's like, oh, it's a swim day or it's not a swim day based on where the tide is. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's how involved of a ritual this has become. Uh, but it, the beginning is just challenging because you have to get used to 
the situation. You have to get yourself adjusted, and there's a process to it. You know, and you have to find your own little process with it, like how you're going to approach it. And again, some people are much more direct. I'm such a process-oriented person, and like my little being, or I guess a ritual-oriented person, makes it sound、um, a bit more what it is to me, which is it's a spiritual experience. But、um, I do my little rope thing before, and you know, I do a handstand or two, and then I get in, and sometimes do full practice before. But in the in the most parts, it's like you know, do the bit, get ready, prepare the mind, and then go for it.、Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's not about improvement, which is really funny to me. It's just about doing it, and that's one of the things that I like about considering something to be a ritual or a routine is because. The fact that you're doing it is the value of the activity.、Mm-hmm. It's it's not like you, there's there's one part of it that I'm trying to get better at, but and that is、um, how long I can hold my breath underwater and swim. But the act of doing, I would do it without that. You know what I'm saying? The、yes. act of doing it is really even if you didn't、thing. have a, a goal, a trajectory, or whatever. Yes. Yes. Because because there's really it's not that aggressive of a trajectory. Because again, as I said the other day when I came out or came out of the water, I said I was like, man, I'm just really not very good at this. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm, I'm and my I mean, my subconscious body and mind, if I have to do anything that's outside of the thing I've been. Doing so. Here's an example, and then we'll dive a bit, a bit back. But I think this is kind of a funny topic, and it does tie in. If I go underwater and just swim, so just like I don't know what kind of stroke this is. I feel like a turtle. Press. No, this is press.、Yeah. I don't know why I'm Tur- answering as if、yeah. I have any more insight.、Listen. I should have just done the butterfly. That's all I know、yeah. based on my arm length. I、yeah. don't know any other things. Listen, like like you're swimming like a turtle. A little froggy. Sure. Sure. Y'all get the visual if you're just listening. Right. <laughs>、uh, you can also watch. I've made a video about it on YouTube. You can check it out.、Um, but I can go under for twenty strokes,、mm-hmm. which is pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. So there's a go under, do twenty strokes underneath. If I have to do anything besides that, it drops dramatically. Like if I have to go under, like because I've been trying to do this recently, go under and just like touch a rock or pick up a rock, and not like a heavy one, just、yeah. like a rock. Yes, you know, one you could pick up with a hand, and、mm-hmm. it's no big deal. In half, really? <laughs> yeah, like in in literal half. And I'm just like, wow. And I wonder, and is it like, is it a mind thing? Is it a body thing? Is it just something that's different? Like I know that、um, for me personally, I'm very adaptable,、mm-hmm. but I'm very pro- or I'm very programmable as a being, as opposed to being adaptable. Does that make、mm, sense? Kind of delineate with. Focus and training. I can do quite a lot of things, but I don't do a lot of things naturally. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, you're not a quick I, pivot into like. I can a, learn things. Yes, very you well. You are a skill person、yes. too. Like I think of it in any way. You、mm. know, everyone has things they do in life that are like you know whether it's power oriented or speed or skill or whether it's analytical. You、yeah. are such a skill person that at given time because you have such a positive. I think. A、uh, big relationship with habits, routines, rituals、yeah. that it really lends itself towards skill building.、Yes. Right? It's very hard to build skills if you have a、uh, let's call it a tough relationship with routine. For sure, it's very because skills require routine and practice and repetition. You're really good at those things. Yeah, yeah. So, so because of that, I can pick things up,、mm-hmm. and I'm but anything that's out of the box sometimes. I can learn it, but it takes 
it takes some focus. It takes some initiation period. Yeah. Uh, And I find that very funny about myself, but I do have a pretty good trajectory of improvement with Mm -hmm. a lot of things because I am very practiced in learning skills. I think this sounds cool and a really good example of a ritual in this way. I would humbly request that at some point you set up your GoPro or have it somewhere where we can, everyone on maybe a vlog, can watch you do a blue crush run with a rock in your arms (laughs) with the swim cap on, though. It only wanted with the swim cap on and the goggles. Across the bottom. Oh, well, I don't think I could do a blue crush run without the goggles. No, with you can wear the goggles. You, you don't think the visual with the hair flowing everywhere would be sick? Sick. Not what I'm looking for, though. <laughs> oh <my laughs> what I'm looking for swim cap, goggles. I know the water's a little murkier here than like in Hawaii from for that it is. that standard, but that's what I think would like really culminate this okay. conversation and be should be in the next Perfect. YouTube vlog. Don't worry. I don't know if it'll be in the next one, but a future one. Future once, one. Once again, once I learn to pick up more than just a rock and feel like <laughs> my whole body chance. just goes into bedding. I mean, again, on land, I can hold my breath for three minutes. It's amazing. I can't hold my breath for three minutes. You know I mean? like yeah. I, I literally can do that. It's not a big deal. Yeah. But I mean, it's challenging at the end. But you know, you know what I'm saying? It's not, it's, it's a very doable thing. But in the water, all of, there's like a... Ta-da. But that's the thing with all of it. I mean, I think that there's those barriers to entry in any ritual, any habit or routine you're trying to create. Like when we talk about... Um, so in last week's podcast, Shelby and I chatted about her routines and rituals because Shelby's another person who's really good at being like, okay, here's a container for her movement that's like, this is a ritual. She's just going to do it. And she talked about how she needs this like sensory shift. She needs um, essential oils or her moon spray and her crystals. And she needs her full sensory shift to do it. But like that to me, when I think about it, is how she gets over the mental hurdle of I have to do it. It's like, no, this other thing has provided that. And I think that in anything, if we can't get over the mental hurdle, then it becomes so inordinately hard to complete the ritual that that's where the opt out becomes where you're like, you know what? I'm not really good at swimming. Maybe I don't like, maybe I just dip in and I dip out. So that's like the real challenge. And I think making it a ritual is figuring out what's the mental capacity hurdle setup you need to then actually have it integrate into your life. I also think it's a wonderful way to work with your ego, if you will, (laughs) because we often like to do things that we're good at. Yeah, love it. Love it. Love it. I hate being bad at stuff. (laughs) Love it. Hate it. (laughs) Yeah. But to actually do something on a regular basis that you know you're not going to be phenomenal at Mm -hmm. or you know it doesn't come naturally right away, there's such a learning to that because your past peak or you're not peak at this or you never will be peak at this, but can you do this, find the benefit of it and enjoy it Mm -hmm. still and, and know that, hey, like you're not going to be, you know, an Olympian, you know, you're not going to be a standout in this space. You're just going to be someone that's doing this thing. I think that is, you know, the reality check in so many ways that we all need for our efforts, because the truth of so much of it is it only is as important as it is to you. I think this is something we say in the beginning of handstand workshops and trainings all the time. Handstand is such a fun thing to enjoy on a regular basis, uh, a fun skill to cultivate and all the magic that comes with that is beautiful. But it is a entry level gymnastics skill. It's, it's entry level. Do you and know that's sometimes hard to swallow and when then, you're a full-blown adult yeah, trying to do an entry-level skill. Wiggling and wobbling and struggling mm-hmm. with it. And 
I can't tell you how empowering I think handstand is. I am right. I think it's I think it's、mm-hmm. beautiful in how empowering it is for anybody to to do, because it's the opposite of the way you live your normal life. Right, and so if you start to, you really have to get over both mental and physical hurdles. Mental and physical hurdles. You have to learn something, and so often people are learning it past the optimal age when you don't care about falling and things of that nature. So, it's interesting to always remember that as you're approaching these things. But again, with that, no matter how much you practice handstand, no matter how far you go down that path, unless you started at four, you know. Unless you, unless you started at a very young age, the odds that you reach the peak、mm-hmm. of that activity is so so slim. So you have to find your own joy in it. You have to understand that, like, no matter how good you get at this, it's only as important as it is to you. You have to have your own purpose your for own, it, your right? Because、exactly, otherwise, your own purpose. It is. I think it is the hard work. Like you have to make those choices to show up, to do it, to learn, to show up again, to show up again. Yeah. And you have to have sometimes. The reason for that is simply you've ingrained it enough to make it a ritual, make it、yeah. a routine. And sometimes it is you have like a really clear goal-oriented trajectory with it.、Um, and I don't know if I have like a thought process on whether or not one is better than the other. Like I have a very different relationship to something like a handstand or like those things. Is that I wanted to get a handstand, like it was a goal for me, right,、yeah. for a long time. But once I got it, once I accomplished that goal, I never was like, okay, what's next?、Exactly. I was like. Cool. We did the thing, and then once I did the thing, handstands became purely ritual to me.、Mm-hmm. Right? Like I do them; they exist in my body, in my day, in my time, in a very specific way. But they almost never exist in a way that has a trajectory. Besides, I do this five a day, three a day right now. Ooh, it's all good. Three a day, three a day right now.、Hey, there have been seasons. Sp- sp- speaking of practical routine.、Mm-hmm. Three to five a day. Three to five a day. Three to five a day. And I know how it exists because now that I I had to work through the trajectory to get there, that was a big hurdle mentally、yeah. and physically, which many of you have heard about many times on podcasts like this. Way more mentally than physically, to be fair. Largely mental. Largely mental. Largely mental. It tends to be my usual thing with routines, with rituals, with everything. It's mostly up here. I I, I see that much more clearly now than I ever have before. But I once I got there. I could make it a, ru- a ritual before、mm-hmm. I couldn't because I was so hung up on the goal、yeah. that it didn't feel ritualistic. It felt like hard work and like a chore, and I was really resistant. And once I got it, it gave me that like, whew, heads out of it. Now I can just do it,、yeah. right? And I don't have any. I, I don't even have an attachment to a certain way where it's like I do my three and I want to, you know, want to hit three. Try to let's let me get a thirty forty five second hold of all three. That's my goal. But if I do three and they're all like pretty good, I'm like. Yeah, man, did my handstands today?、Yeah. Like, and it feels really good, and I don't have any. There's no barrier to entry to me just doing it anymore. Whereas when I was in the goal-oriented thing, there was such a barrier to do the work because it felt like hard work. And now it just feels like, yeah, I, I like when I do these. I like that it's a part of who I am. I want to keep it a part of who I am, so I shall do three a day. And I'll always remember that Friday around six p.m. Pitbulls blaring. It's about twenty ten. In this yoga studio on、oh. Capitol Hill, <laughs> I was like, "What story is this?" When you stepped to the, you stepped to the middle of the mat because you didn't want to go over and topple on somebody, you hopped up. I'm in a handstand at the top of my mat. We're practicing next to each other, so I can't necessarily see you. And all I'm here is I'm doing it. I'm doing it. And it was your Anakin Skywalker moment. <laughs> it's working. It's working. It's. I was like, is anyone seeing this? Someone else to be seeing this. It's happening. It's working. Oh, yeah, I'm baby Anakin. Like just.、Yeah. And little Phantom Menace reference, you know. 
the, the best of the bunch, of course. <laughs> <laughs> I am kidding. It's yes. the worst of the bunch. Um, uh, oh, uh, <laughs> Last Skywalker is pretty bad. You think Last Skywalker is worse than The Phantom Menace? Yes, because the, the Phantom Menace does have Qui-Gon and Darth Maul yeah. versus uh, Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan versus Darth Maul. Yes. At the end of the day, that's phenomenal. Yes. Everything else about Phantom Menace, in, including Anakin bl- blowing up the Trade Federation at nine years old. Committing mass murder. <laughs> I can't imagine how he ended up where he ended up. Let's just start him early. Like, wow, so wild that he went to the dark side. Like, this is nuts. <laughs> uh, I mean, a deeply problematic movie on so many levels. So many levels. That's still probably the worst. Level. I'm going to give it the worst because sometimes when I get an urge to like be like, oh, I'm going to go through the whole timeline because every once in a while I'm like, I'm going to watch them all. I'm going to yeah. back up. Let me start Clone Wars in the very beginning. Yeah. I'm going to rewatch Rebels. It's a commitment to things. Again, I don't have time in my life to do that. No. I don't. But in my head, I'm like, yes, let's do it. But every time I think, okay, I got to start at Phantom Menace and I get like 40 minutes into it. I'm like, I don't got to start at Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I don't actually need to start here. We can skip that. Um, it's not great. It's not good. It's not great. But is there any memorable... We'll get back to topic, I promise. Is there any memorable moment in Rise of Skywalker besides Rey cutting the TIE fighter, which is a sick scene? Uh, yes. Also, I think Rey and Kylo, like, realistically, like, their relationship is the best part of that. Like, their yeah. dynamic. Like, I am still upset about so many things in this, but I am upset about how they did Kylo so dirty. They did. Like they did him so dirty. There's no, he should one, still be alive. Agreed. Still be a character. And their story was like the most meaningful part of it. And they literally undercut it by making her a Palpatine dumb. Yeah. Should have been a Kenobi. Like there's so many ways that it could have been really powerful. Mm -hmm. And instead they were, they, it just felt like their relationship was the best part. Agreed. That's the, that's the most memorable part about it to me. And the backflip. Yes. yes, the backflip. The backflip. That's was the sick. bestie best part. Yeah, for sure. All right. <laughs> that means that. Well, you. if you would like tips on how to create a routine to go through the entire Star Wars compendium, yeah. we can help you with that too. It's going to take you about like 15 years, but it does take a while. We can help you with that. I just think that with anything that you're trying to integrate in your life in your own way, even if it is, I would like to become a deep dive Star Wars fan and I want to watch all these, you have to have a level of. Motivation, like, of course, to want to do it. You have to have a life where you have either created or already have space to even add that in. Like when I said, you know, you want to become a person who has a daily practice, but you don't have a yoga mat yet, or you don't, you know, you don't have time in this moment in your life to do it. Well, then like the first task is not necessarily like trying to learn everything about yoga. It's looking at your life and carving out, well, when could this even exist if I wanted it to? Like what, when is the time for this? How much time do I have? How can this be a part of my life so that the barrier to entry is lower? So you need to like, I do think it's important to assess like what's my organizational capacity to take on new rituals and routines. And over time, those, sometimes that means you have to crowd out other stuff to make room for the other thing. Like in the spring cleaning way, it's like, you kind of have to like Marie Kondo a little bit. Like you got to get rid of one thing before you bring in another. I think this helps you understand how you value time sure. and, and where you've actually gotten accustomed to using time because we all think that we value time or in my belief, we all think that we value time, but there's so many things that we've just gotten familiar with. This is the way we actually use time yeah. that you're not, it's, 
until you add in routine or something new, you don't really know what it is that you value. Because we all get into the habit of doing the things the way, the way that we do them because you get into a familiar pattern and then you just kind of ride that pattern for a while mm -hmm. unless there's a external motivation that gives you the opportunity to change that pattern, mm -hmm. right? And so that's what some of these practical routines are all about and really what, exactly what you're saying, where it's like, <clears throat> if you're used to every single night making dinner, watching TV, going to bed, if that's the routine, the pattern that you have, until you have an external motiva motivation to add something else into that, you won't change it, mm -hmm. you know, because again, we're all relatively creatures of some level of repetitious patterning in our being. And that's why creating routines is so important because it gives you that little extra push to do the next, <laughs> the next best thing. I knew you were, you started the sentence and I was like, I, I won't even pretend to think that I could sing like Kristen Bell, but I knew. Next best thing. <laughs> Honestly, uh, bro, only bro, the parents bro, are going to get bro, that one. It's oh. burned in my brain. Listen, I do think that one is two is better than one. Two is better than two is one. Better than one. Oh, you know what's funny? My mom hated two. She texted me. She was like, I finally watched Frozen 2 so I could talk to Harvey about it. And she was like, it's terrible. I'm so like, much better than it, one. It, it's way better. I, the conversation about like the the relationship between like man and nature and also like a little bit of like colonizer narrative that exists, not even a little bit, but like it is, I just think so much more interesting. Yeah. Like, and I love that there's not a, just a straight up love interest in the same way. And there's a purpose in her powers yeah. and it's a bigger story and there's a relevance to the whole thing. I thought it was much better. Um, I think it's better too. Respect. I agree. But also you have to do the next, next best, best thing. thing, which is why it's, it's pretty funny. Um, this, uh, this study came out recently because, you know, there's all this biohacking that goes on. Yes. Uh, currently. Uh, do you want to give people a quick definition of biohacking just off the top of your head? I don't know if I have a definition. I just think of it's biohacking as like, like this, like kind of this human optimization, yeah, not human to optimization. steal the tagline from what's, uh, yeah. I'm, what's the Austin company on it? on it. Yes. Okay. There you go. It's like the human opt like to me that's yeah. like the archetypal biohacking thing. It's yes. like just human optimization like all the time the 4 hour work week the mm -hmm. like and all I don't even stuff. mean all those things are bad. I just mean no, like no. they fit into that bucket that is uh tends to live in a kind of tech broy for sure audience. So a study came out about all all these different health-based biohacking activities. Mm -hmm. Um what do you think so that's like Cold plunges, like we're talking about, saunas, mm -hmm. um, aura rings, sleep trackers. Yeah, the sunlight viewing early sunlight in the morning. Early morning. Like, and again, I don't know how complete the study was. Yeah. So, but um, guess which one of those things was the most beneficial to a general person's health of those just those types of activities? Sleep. No, the sleep thing is one of the worst. 
Wait, like sleep doesn't matter? No, no, sleep matters oh. tremendously, but the the tracking of your oh, sleep is so pre- can, can predetermine how you view a day. Oh, I've heard that, that yeah. you get your results and it's such like a placebo effect, almost yeah. no or placebo or nocebo effect, yeah. where you're saying, oh, I got shitty sleep. Yeah, I am tired. Yeah, I, and like the rest of your it day builds. is, because you're now basing off someone else's or like the, the algorithmic model of mm-hmm. what good sleep is. Is that yeah. what the study was? Yeah. That's wild. Yeah. So, so aura rings are, and again, if it works for you, wonderful. Not knocking anything because mm-hmm. again, personal ritual, personal religion, I believe in those things. And, yeah. um, you know, it's, it's one of the, one of my favorite things that one of, uh, our old yoga teachers like taught us and is a very philosophy based person. He's like, there's so many different forms of yoga philosophy essentially. Um, and if, while some of the ones that are most common, most well known are actually the least uh, traditionally correct. But if those things work for you as a being, ride that wave because it's it's giving you what you need essentially, right? And it's so like th- the the chakra system. Like yes. if the seven chakra system exactly. works and makes sense in your brain and in your body, yeah. and like in the way that you exist, and also like whatever it takes for your life to be, let's call it bettered in a catch all, then like okay, yeah. we can acknowledge that that is not the only system, nor is it necessarily the most like, let's call it historically accurate system. Not that how can we really measure the accuracy of the chakra system, but like we can acknowledge that and we can say, okay, but that works for you. Yeah. And, and exactly. And there's such Mm -hmm. a benefit. The, the thing that came with the best health results was the 10,000 step thing. If you have something that tracks your steps. Really? Yeah. Because it, it keeps you moving. Sure. Right. And, and it's something that's trackable. You're looking at your, your watch at the end of the day. Oh, uh, and it says you have 4,000 steps. You have 30 free minutes. You're like, okay, I'm going to go, I will go for a walk. I'm going to go hit, I'm going to try to hit that 10,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like that is one of the biggest benefits. I feel like I read something too, where that 10,000 number is actually quite arbitrary. It comes from like a very old study and it's something that was actually, I think it, and I could totally be misspeaking. So I should probably not put this on mic, but the, the idea that there was, I want to say a specific culture or a, a, a cultural demographic that was measured and their measurement in terms of longevity is like they, the average amount that was walked in that culture was let's call it 10,000 steps. So it became like a measurement that wasn't necessarily intended to be applied to like everyone, but because it can be a lofty goal, it does make people do it right. It does put it in your brain. Lofty like, enough, lofty enough, not unattainable. It is, it's the curve, right? Yeah. It's that it's almost like the stress strain curve a little bit that when you're, we talk about this, we're so off the cuff now, but we talk about this with teachers when they're sequencing classes that like, or in any workout, even if it's the barrier to entry is too low, it's often considered boring. I won't do it. It's too easy. Why would I, I don't need to make a routine, a ritual out of that. I don't need to go to the gym to do that. I don't need to go to class to that. It's too boring. If it's too far at the other end, if it's too hard, too unattainable, then people are like, well, fuck it. I'll never get there. And they're not going to do it. Right. And then it's, then it's disheartening and it's disillusionment. But if there's this place in between where it's tough enough to get to, but you have enough success, you will do it. And that challenge will instead be motivating as opposed to either making you feel worse or feeling like it's pointless because you're bored. Exactly. There's a sweet spot. And I think with sequencing classes, with anything in life, that middle point is very important to be teetering around if you're going to actually accomplish the thing or motivate people to do it. Yep. You know, all patterns are based on perceived success, right? So if a new, if a, a new team wins a championship in a sport, the, all the other 29 teams study that team to 
try to emulate that mm-hmm. in some capacity if they did something different. Yeah. Right? Like, um, we're so obscure with the references today, right? <laughs> but like, uh, the NBA looks so much more like the way the Golden State Warriors play basketball now, but seven years ago, eight years ago, or they won the first one eight years ago, right? So uh, eight years ago, it didn't look like but that. Is, so that's because, I mean, that makes sense. They've been studying They've what been so the Warriors have been doing. so successful for such a long time. And so yeah. they, they changed basketball, essentially, well, for this period of time. when they were first winning, right? Like yeah. early Steph, let's call mm-hmm. it. as like, if we're going to use that as the yeah. air encapsulator. Yeah, it is very much is. Uh, because basketball has been like such a huge part of your life for so long. Yeah. I remember you talking about how I mean, I think this was cool to watch probably as an adult, but you can tell me if it also made you a little sad to watch someone like Steph get to a point in the NBA where he became this new archetype of success. And you are a player, were a player that was more in the Steph category of skill, skill oriented, like we started a half hour ago. To watch that become the new barometer is both cool because you're like, that's a thing. It's a shift in the industry. And now it's become a real decade later full shift. But also to watch that and be like, oh, actually that's, the way I played. Yeah. Like that's what could've, I was good at. And that was not valued before, no. or at least not in the same way. It not wasn't elevated because the game was so much more physical compared to like the straight up skill and the science behind it that probably exists, I would imagine, on a very different level now versus like, you know, exactly. the the pistons like, you know, body yeah. checking everyone. It's a little different ecosystem. One hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. So again, it's the evolution of everything just kind of builds up. All right. We're gonna <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna we're gonna step away from I hope you, wherever we, 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 we hope, were, we we're going to have enjoyed uh, this chat because it's been a fun one for us, of course. And I hope you've at least had a laugh along with us. And if you picked up any of the references, please, please let us know. Can I tell you that when we were planning this podcast, our goal was practical tips for routine and ritual. Yep. We have not provided one practical t- tip yet. Yeah. I think it's a good episode, though. I, I think it's a great episode. I think so far. Uh, okay, so I think that if you read between the lines, <laughs> we have provided a lot of resources and strong examples of uh, people that have deep routine and rituals. Yeah, which is always good. All right, so developing some practical, <laughs> developing some practical rituals. <laughs> so, uh, developing some practical rituals and routines. What are, so the, the common one is obvious that people, that the buzzword one is morning routines, right? Yeah. The second buzzword one is evening routines. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that are practical for you in terms of just overall health habits or daily organization or planning, things that you like to have in your life? Well, I mean, especially in the tone of like a seasonal shift, such as this little spring cleaning container that we're in for me personally within that, like I have always been a person who's pretty good at starting things, not the best at finishing them. Mm -hmm. I love the impulse to like clean your whole house. I love the impulse to start a new project. I love that planning period for me that like gets me really excited. What I think is much harder is to get to the tail end of it, right? To get something to hundred percent as satisfying as that is. I think it's uh, oftentimes it's easy to be like, well, I did the best I could. What's next? Like shiny object, shiny object. So for me, when it comes to routines and rituals to have longevity, I do have to have a like more, let's call it hard cast container around them so that I am less likely to jump off one ship and onto the next. Right. So for me, like a morning routine, a routine I think is 
a lovely word, but we've talked about this, that as parents, routine is also kind of a, uh, uh, let's call it, it's, a, it's in flux. It's, it's a constant shift. It's a constant shift, right? And so it is really difficult to say every day my morning looks like this. I think sometimes I get jaded when I people see people give me like, give like a morning protocol. You must wake there, up at this time. Like, there's this one dude that I, because uh, I follow so many fringe people on YouTube mm-hmm. and he had his morning routine, which was really just like his 8.30 to 12.30 routine. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes. Well, it was a four hour just, <laughs> yes. like, I'm like, cool. I just, that's not like a thing that, can exist yeah. for uh, many. Yeah, I was like, oh, and you own your, you are a relatively single person, mm-hmm. and I don't get, I don't know much about this person's personal life, but uh, that owns a jujitsu academy, and you have classes that start at about twelve thirty, and or, you know whatever in the early evening, yeah. and they go to the late evening. Mm-hmm. That's kind of your your yes. work time mm-hmm. is like whatever those four hours you know, in the evening, Mm -hmm. that's your work time. So it makes sense that like you can elongate that thing and have it be like, this is what I do. I think that's lovely. I think that that is something that if you have the space in your life, like if you're talking to a 25 year old me that I could, I did have a lot more like, well, and I like to, you know, make this green smoothie and I like to ferment my cashews. I like to like, there were more things. And it's not that I don't think those things are still valuable or important, but you just have different amounts of space in your life. Mm -hmm. So the space within my container that I can have for myself routine is just smaller than it's ever been. Mm -hmm. And I think that actually has led me to be more purposeful and more ritualistic than I have ever been before because the time, like the value of time is so valuable to me before. When you have all the time in the world, it is easier to just be like, ah, just a little this, a little that. And it's lovely, but it also becomes, I don't mean this necessarily in a negative way, but it becomes so self-indulgent that I think sometimes it's like, uh, there's maybe more um, like fringe things that actually aren't part of the routine, you just do them because you have the space for it in your life. 100%. Whereas now I feel like I've hit a point where like, I have to distill down to things that work for me that like, when can I do this? And when does it impact my life in the most positive, beneficial way that I can see? And so that's how it is. Like, I know in my life, I need enough structure so that I don't have to wake up and make a decision. Mm-hmm. Like I do, and I've been really open about this over the years. I remember I did this writing challenge, maybe like, nine years ago. Do you remember when I wrote every morning for like 30 days and I posted whatever my essay was? It was like when I was blogging still. And I had one day and the prompt was ritual. And I had a really hard time writing about it. And I wrote about not wanting to get out of bed and wanting to stay in bed for 10 minutes and like read a book or like write in bed or have my coffee in bed or something. And someone slammed me in my comments and was like, I thought this was going to be a more meaningful essay. Like you just talked about staying in bed. Like this is the opposite of ritual. And I was like, but this is this is really hard for like I have I'm not great with executive function in that way. So like for me, I that was a ritual. It was like it's hard for me to get out of bed, so I need something I enjoy to then like get me to the brain space where now I'm in a like I don't know optimistic positive place, and then I can move on. And I remember feeling really bad about myself, like oh. I'm not purposeful. This isn't ritual. Like I, I should be out of bed at 5 a.m. doing the thing. And, but it took me whatever, a decade later to realize that really just that executive function of morning stuff is hard for me in my brain. So for me, like if it means that I need to set my alarm 10 minutes earlier, so I have that 10 minutes to be cozy and warm because I love that. (laughs) I like being cozy and warm then I can feel good about the next step or whatever that is. Or for me, the impulse to do that, a ritual I have in that moment is I wake up and the first thing I do is put on music. 
Mm-hmm. I have to, like, because otherwise I can't get out of bed. It's yeah. really hard for me. Like, it's hard to do. I need to have a thing to do in the morning to get myself out of bed. I need to turn on music. I need to have a class to go to, uh, something to start a purpose. I mean, from someone that couldn't get out of bed to someone that will wake up at 4 a.m. these days to, to take classes, if that's what it requires, yeah. that's quite a shift. Yeah. You know, and uh, did, did the comment feel like the one that, uh, you know, where we got criticized for the way we cut strawberries? Not close enough to the... Uh, <laughs> Not close enough to the green. You're wasting. Just eat the green. I was like, I don't want to eat the green. You eat the green. I know. It's a wild bless, place, the comments. B- bless the comments. It really did make me feel, I think that there is so much about like, and again, as someone who now does enjoy getting up early to do yeah. things, I realized it wasn't that I wasn't a morning person or that I lacked discipline or whatever. It's that like that impetus, that function is tough for me. And okay, so now I need a tool, a ritual routine to work through that. Yep. You know what I mean? Totally. And I, it, it I is, think it's really smart that you're saying that like you're setting yourself up so you don't have a choice. Yes. I, and so just to dive a little bit further into that, what does that mean? So it's like you, you wake up, you turn on music, you wake up, you have some where to go is is that kind of what it is is there some more personal stuff to that or is it that you're willing to share of course or is it more of like uh that i have a plan for what i'm going to do when i get there i have a plan for what i'm going to do because it's not that i don't love a slow morning a Mm -hmm. wake up but that used to be my default and Mm -hmm. what it really was was a lot I think it was more anxiety that I was like, I don't know how to start. I don't know what I'm doing yet in this day. And like a lack of just kind of like a listlessness. And that that was a challenge for me. And now I've realized that like, okay, it's not that I must be up at five or that I'm a better person because I go to a a. 5am class. It's that like, in my brain space, I enjoy the rest of my day better. If I've started with this like impetus and purpose for myself, and then the rest of the day feels more relaxing no, and I think softer and easy. And I, I don't even have a personal need. There's this tooling that I've seen like around social media. I'm sure it belongs in some sort of like therapy bucket about if you're a person that struggles with that kind of thing, like in, in the morning or whatever time it is, is to have the first thing you do is something that you have to say yes to that. You like, like whatever the first thing in your brain, that's like, I got to pee. It's like, the answer is yes. I have mm-hmm. to get up and pee instead of being like, I'm cozy. I don't yeah. have to pee that bad. Like, do you know what I mean? Or like whatever it is, I started doing even the heater in my bedroom is one of those kind of single unit ones. And yeah. it has a remote control. I used to keep it next to the bed. So if it's cold in the morning, I could just click it. And now it's warm and it's warm. Now I keep the remote on the other side of the room. So if I'm cold enough and I wake up and want to get out of bed, but I know I have like, I want to start my routines. I have to get out of bed to get the remote to turn on the heater. And by the time I've gotten out of bed to get the remote to turn on the heater, it's like, oh, I have to pee. I might as well wash my face. I might as you know what I mean? Like begin the, begin the process. Yeah. So for me, it's the jump start of I turn on music because for me, I think that there is something so like spiritual about the sensory shift of music. Like it's such a memorable thing. I put on something I know I like, not a questionable thing, yeah. a thing that I know I will like. And then I get up and I literally, again, I don't cold plunge, but I turn on the water as cold as I can. And I stick my entire face underneath the fountain, um, right. underneath the faucet. Got to start somewhere. Eyes. I'm like, it's like a little cryofacial. And honestly, by the time I've done that, I'm like, I'm up. Yeah. It's great. And th- so those things are like, they seem kind of silly, but I find them really impactful. I, I don't think so at all. And, and another thing that I actually wanted to compound on kind of what you're saying that I really liked is you waking up at 5 a.m. to do a workout or do whatever it is, 
doesn't make you a better person. It doesn't, mm. but it can make like like a more high achieving person. Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah, yeah, like a better yeah. cosmic person yeah. or anything. But it can make you a better person in the way you interact with the world because it's how you're fitting your day together.、Mm -hmm. And so now you don't have some anxiety around how something important to you is fitting into your process.、Yep. And I think that's one of the best things when it comes to routines and rituals is. Creating space and understanding when they fit into your day, so that getting them in isn't a stressful experience that begins to become overwhelming. When is this going to happen?、Mm -hmm. How am I going to do this?、Um, I know for me, and we were talking a bit about this thing on the first spring spring clean podcast. Is I used to have these things that meant so much to me, and so I would do them before I ate any food. Yeah, and I would always have to do it that way because until I did those things. I was just a little nervy about when I was going to do them.、Mm -hmm. um, and these are like little practice things, right? Like little physical rituals, if you will, like little stretching things, little handstand things.、Um, and I was very nervy a, a bit about making sure I got those specific things、mm -hmm. in. And so I've given myself grace to not have to do them in that order. But what gives me the peace is I know I am aware of the other spaces where I'm going to do that in a better fashion. Yes, where I'm going to do that more optimally. Yeah, because I need that for my conscious self, which is just like okay. I'm, I'm kind of mapping out the day in my mind. I'm like, all right, I know this can kind of fit in here in between this little window, and I know that like I'll be in a better space to do that thing during that time,、mm -hmm. whenever that time is. Because again, it's all relative to all of us. Because again, the free time you have is unique to you, of course. So,、um, giving yourself that kind of opportunity to understand how you're going to fit things into your day is what really helps routines and rituals stick. And you know it's funny because I think sometimes, especially when we talk about morning routines or this, it's it can feel like you're trying to get these things over with in the middle of the day. Like when、yeah. we're like, oh, I'm, I'm a little anxious about this, so I need to get it over with and then enjoy my day. But I actually don't. I mean, I don't think of it like that. I used to. I used to think, oh, I need to do these things, otherwise I'm I'm anxious about it. Or when's it going to fit? Or can I get all thing like you know the capitalist productivity? Like、yeah. it must all happen. But the way I actually think that how I've seen it show up. In a more self-aware way, is exactly what you said. It's not about being a better person, getting it out of the way. Oh, I don't want to do this routine. Oh, I don't want to practice. I don't want to work out. I might as well just get it done. Like sometimes I think that's the narrative. People are like, get it done.、Yeah. Like it's actually I want to enjoy those things.、Yeah. I like them. They're a priority in my life.、Yeah. So when is my most priority-driven time for me? It's that that part of the day. Window, yeah. And so I need to plug them into the time when I actually am going to do it. Feel good about it. Want to do it, and it's going to work best in my body. Like,、yeah. do I know that if I'm going to、uh, do a yoga practice, is my most limber, free yoga practice going to happen at 5 a.m.? It is not. It is not. Is my heaviest lifts going to happen at 5 a.m.? They are not.、Mm -mm. But. Does my brain space feel really good at 5 a.m.? Yeah. yeah. So like I do make okay choices for my body, and I do exist that way. So I know okay, depending on what I want to do, if I have a big yoga practice I want to, then I can look at my day and I can still have those same routines and rituals, and I can put my yoga practice a different time in the day.、Yeah. I can put my workout a time of the day when it does lend to those things. But I think you need the clarity about like what the importance those things hold to you are, and then how you can. Plug them into your day so they stay a priority without becoming overwhelming、yeah. and without having to like impact everything else around them, right? Like it's a really important tool to, to say, I enjoy this, I like it. Therefore, I'm going to give it like a really high place in how I exist and in my life, 
So what is that for me? Like, what's yeah. it take? You know, like I, if I spend all day not doing whatever the thing is, even if it's just like, you know, the, like taking a shower, yeah. like getting ready for the day, it's like doing that at 10 PM. It's like, okay, well maybe it's soothing, but is there other stuff? It just becomes an extra thing you have to do instead of a thing that you're valuing. And yes, I think that that's I the goal that. is to figure out, like, I think that's why I think the organization or figuring out what your hurdles are, like for me getting out of bed, yeah. like, well, it's a priority. So it makes me want to get out of bed. Mm-hmm. I never thought I, thought I would say I want to get out of bed at 4am to, to do things at five, but because I like what I'm doing at five, I don't, it's okay to get out of bed at four. If I that, didn't, you that's know, how, that's, that's important. the level of priority you've you've created around this activity, whatever Mm -hmm. it is. And so that again, gives you the sense of how you spend your time Mm -hmm. that puts a value on your time. And it it creates a shift around your scheduling, around your personal organization, Mm -hmm. around your personal habits that then creates more headspace and time space for everything else. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's when you'll be your most optimal self. Yeah. It's not when like you're doing everything correct or right, but it's when you're giving yourself the space to be and to find that full presence in the spots that you're actually in. Yeah. Cause that could exist for you in so many different ways than what we're exampling here. Yeah. It could exist for you at 11 PM exactly. and, and 1 AM or whatever. There's no hierarchy to what the thing is, no. but I do think assessing your like, when is my most creative brain on? When is my most productive brain on? When is my most self-care? When am I most empathetic? Like, and then looking at your routines and your rituals and saying, okay, well, if I need more empathy in my yoga practice, yeah. then I should put my yoga practice during that time of day. Yes. If I need more creativity in my work, well, then I need to move around, like re, uh, reorganize my space, both like from the spring cleaning perspective and then like yeah. my energetic and literal time space so that I can be creative during my creative time. Because otherwise... It, life is already an uphill battle sometimes. Like if you can find ways to bracket, and I know we don't all have the freedom to do that, but if you do, whether it's bumping your day earlier to four or 5 a.m. or bumping it later or whatever, I think that it makes these rituals and routines less about like, oh, it's a goal. I must do it. I tick it off my list. And it's like, yeah, I look forward to that. It's part of the ritual is part of who I am and what you do does make up who you are. I think that that's a, a powerful way to just prioritize as opposed to just add it to a list, even coming from someone who loves a list. You do love a list. I love a list. With that being said, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed the episode. We hope you had a laugh with us or maybe at us when we were nerding out a little bit. Um, yeah, I've got the references, of course. Let us know how, you know, how they landed. Um, <laughs> And yeah, with that being said, we will uh, look forward to chatting with you again very soon. Remember, you can always practice with us in person or online. Uh, Check out communyoga.com, communyogastudio.com. Be part of the vibe. Look forward to practicing with you all soon. Have an amazing rest of your day. Peace.